<clears throat> All right, Reg, we ready to go? <clears throat> you know, you got to get the instrument in uh, in correct performance order. Oh, what was that? <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> get a phone call or something? <laughs> All right, uh, let's get started here. What do you say, huh? Okie dokes. <clears throat> yeah, I don't do a lot of uh, vocal exercises. I just do a few <clears throat> and my voice seems to be okay. A lot of people do a lot of uh, prep. And when I do acting, uh, a lot of people do. They do all these voice things and these little phrases in order to pronounce your words more clearly. And uh, I don't know. I just, let's do this thing. In the words of Gary Gilmore, let's do this thing. Gary Gilmore, there's a reference. Google that. Okay. <laughs> Reggie's looking at me like, Gary Gilmore. Was he in Pink Floyd? No. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Put it in the books. Episode 312. 312. All right. I'll give you the uh, three S's and uh, give me the music and I'll give you a podcast. All right. Let's do this thing. Okay. Here we go. Star, smile, strong. Here we go. Three. Whoop. There you go again, Reg. You're <laughs> how, many, how many years have you been doing this? You have had a very quick trigger finger lately. All right. Once again, thankfully, no one hearing this. Nobody's hearing this. Nobody knows you did that. Do I need to start pointing at you? I thought we could just do this, you know. But maybe I need to point at you. Till you see me point at you, then I'm not, I don't want to do that. It seems kind of hacky, but I don't know. You've been uh, quick with the trigger finger of late. I'm not going to point. I, I, I'm not going to point at you. I, I trust you that you know at this point when you hit the button. All right, here we go. <laughs> I'm even going to do this, the three S's again. I have to all start over again. Star, smile, strong. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Where else would we be? And as you know, listening is pretty good, but also helping the cause is always ex- is also expected from you, the podcast listener. So get out there, send a link, send a message, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podcastic, and it should be theirs too. That loyalty, that devotion is oh. I can't tell you what it does to me. If you like what you hear, don't forget, go to WGNRadio.com. Hit the prompt for this podcast, and you will find all previous podcasts going back to, well, we're almost at the, what, six-year mark? Yeah. There's at least 311 podcasts back there 
in those vaults waiting for you to listen to, to enjoy, to nibble on, to binge on, whatever it is you do with podcasts. They're there for you. 111 of them. Welcome to 312. Yeah, episode 312, 312. One of the Chicago area area codes. Once again, I hate to sound like uh, an ancient, but more and more, I guess I am. (laughs) But there was a time before smartphones and cell phones and even, you know, touchtone phones. And some people don't even know what I'm talking about with a touchtone phone, but I think a good a good chunk of the people listening to this podcast remember the good old touchtone phone and I'll I'll really blow people's mind when you say the rotary phone. And then there's that phone that was on the Andy Griffith show. Remember that? In the courthouse? That two that two piece thing with the you hold the base and you have the little that little cylinder type of thing that you put by your ear wow that was now that and and you know the funny thing about that phone if you listen if you watch the andy griffith show that was in the 60s i mean i know that mayberry was a little you know behind the times but wow i mean they didn't even have a phone that had a a handheld type of thing and a, and a little square box didn't have a, didn't have the receiver they had this bad that you know that, that that thing with the little clicker thing that you laid the that little cylinder thing into. Wow, I mean, I even when they did uh, you know reunions for that show, I don't think the courthouse ever ever upgraded its telephones. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there was the rotary, and uh, I mean, and I'm sure even going back to whatever Alexander Graham Bell had, but. Um, yeah, 312 used to be the only area code in the Chicago metropolitan area, meaning Chicago city proper and the suburbs because there just weren't as many people around and there weren't as many phones. So they didn't need as many phone numbers. And so 312 just covered you know, the entire Chicago metropolitan area, Chicago City and all its outlying suburbs until you got closer to downstate. And I think then it got into 815, which it still is today. But now the Chicago land area, as it's also referred to, has several. We've got, obviously, 312 still in Chicago proper, but even... Certain, like the downtown and and the area that fans out from downtown is 312. And then we go into 773. And then we go to 847. And then we go to 708. And then we go to 630. And some cell phones now have 224, right? And then you get into 815. And are there any other ones? I think I've hit them all, right? 312, 
There's five now, at least. And then 815, there's six in this state, but five in the Chicago metropolitan area. There used to be one, 312. That was it. In my day, we didn't have all these area codes. We had one area code. It was 312, and we liked it. We loved it. We didn't even have to hit a one before it. We just dialed our number. Yeah, you don't even really use your area code unless you unless you were making a long distance call, which you don't you don't even hear that phrase anymore because before there was long distance calls and uh, you know that that was a an added uh, charge. Oh, you make a long distance call. Ooh, now you just hit buttons on your contacts and it's you're making calls everywhere and they don't charge you anymore for a call that goes out to. California, that one that goes across the street. It's amazing. And if they do, they bury it somewhere in the charges, so you don't even know it exists. But you used to get a long-distance rate. That was a big deal. Don't call. Oh, don't talk to that person. That's long-distance. You don't want to stay on the phone long with that person. They don't. They live out of your area code. Well, now everybody lives out of your area code unless you live in a two-block. Call somebody next door. Yeah, so the whole area code thing is uh, has really expanded as more people have uh, not only come on this planet, but then more phones of all types and sorts of phones. And so we need more numbers and more area codes. But there was a time where it was real easy. You just dialed a number, no one area code and the thing. You just seven numbers, done. And now, gosh, when you did have the touchtone phone, I mean, the, you know, the rotary one, we had to go, that took a little while, comparatively. But then you got the touchtone, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, and it was fast. But you didn't have to hit the one, three, one, two. The only time you did that was for long distance. And now. You got to put that one in front of everything, and you got to all these. You know, there's ten. You know, even you when you call a place, they go, you know, please, uh, you know, provide your ten-digit phone number. Ten-digit. We used to only have seven, and I don't know how it was around the country, but here in Chicago, the phone numbers, your seven-digit phone number, the first. I don't know. I don't know why they did this. I don't know how it worked, why it was thought of. But you know, today we just say you know we have seven numbers. You know, two eight two four five six, whatever your your first three numbers are. But when I was a little kid, and it changed soon after. But I but I still remember this, and I don't remember. And I I used to say it, so it was still it, you know when when people used to ask what's your phone number, I used to say this to people so it was still in the vernacular but for some reason you know on on a, on a phone now and that's still the case less and less because now the texts have their own you know on, on a on a uh, on a smartphone you have your text with your little keyboard there to write your things and then you've got your phone numbers the numbers so the whole idea for those of you once again a little old enough to remember you know on your phone dial, whether it was the rotary or the touchtone, that every number was assigned 
several letters underneath it. And I'm not sure why that developed or how that developed, why that they did that, but and uh, and I, you know, I, and I, I'm not, I'm not even ashamed to admit it. But when, and, you know, my, I told you, I just, I haven't even had a, a smartphone for a year yet, not even close. It'll be, I think, sometime in October when I, or October or November when I first got the, the smartphone. So I, I was using still, a flip phone, and I was texting, not a lot, still don't. Several months later with the smartphone, I still, I text occasionally, but I'm not on there all the time. I didn't think I would be either. It's convenient at times, but I don't always check it. I'm always, oh, did you get my text? No, didn't even know you sent me one. <laughs> In my day, <laughs> I love that Dana Car- Carvey character from Saturday Night Live. But um, yeah, that is me. I'm grumpy old man. I'm not that old yet, but I'm getting there. It ain't dark yet, but it's getting there. That's Bob Dylan. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, the numbers on the phone had letters assigned to them as well. And I was texting using my flip phone. And so I had to go through to, to write a text. That's why I didn't text a lot is because you had to go through the, the numbers on there and click, click, beep, beep, beep until you got the letter that you wanted. You had to hit a number four times because every number had maybe three or four letters at it. If you wanted a G, you had to go doot, 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 you know, and the F and the whatever it is. Now, of course, boop, 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 and I still look at some people that, especially younger people, my gosh, they just are, those thumbs are moving. I can't, my thumbs are too big. I can't do it that way. I'm still hitting things with my index finger, even when I'm texting. But uh, yeah, so there, was, there were letters assigned to each number. Not sure why. But not only were there letters assigned, but your phone number, at least in Chicago, I don't know how it was around the country, but at least in Chicago, your phone number was assigned a word, an actual word. And I don't know if this had to do with areas. I'm not sure how this worked. I I, I, I should, I mean, and once again, I, I had no... <laughs> This is not what I wanted to talk. This is not on my script. <laughs> Very scripted shows, you know. Uh, no, I was. I had no idea I was going to go into a rap about phone numbers at all. And I can't remember why I did. <laughs> but it's interesting. I, at, least, at least I think it is. So, um, yeah, so there was a word that was assigned to your phone number. And the first two letters of that word corresponded with the first two numbers of your phone number. So when I was a little kid, lived in Chicago, northwest side, and my phone number started with 545. That was the first, there was a prefix, if you will, to my phone number, 545. But when I was a little kid, we used to say, or I used to say, and so did my my parents, KI5, KI5, and then the last four numbers. And the KI stood for, at least in, in my case, Kildare, K-I-L-D-A-R-E. I don't know why there was this word Kildare. But there was this word that was associated with your phone number. 
And I don't know if it was an area or a street. Once again, it must have been some kind of designation that the, the phone company initially used when they were devising the system and, uh, and, and, and I guess, you know, mapping out how they would collect all these calls. I don't know the whole system of how the phones work, to be honest with you. I just use them. But anyway, Kildare 5, KI5 was the was my prefix. And then as I got older, they, 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 that whole word thing went away. It became all numerical, and it was just 545. But I remember saying KI5, and, and even if you got, uh, if you saw a number, like printed, especially companies, businesses, they would have their, that designation. And it wasn't just Kildare. It wasn't just KI5. It was other. I'm not sure what 28. There used to be. In my neighborhood, there was 545s. Basically, my, my, the whole area seemed to be 545s, 282s, 736s. I remember a lot of 736, 282s. I'm not sure what their words were. But there were words. I know mine. KI5. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what a weird, weird world uh, things have been. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even remember how I started on this little tangent. But as we know, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know tangents are a part of it. It's built in. <laughs> it's built in. <laughs> I have no idea that what I'm going to talk about when I go off on a tangent, I'm talking about something else leading up to my topic, and I think of something else. And uh, I, 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 you know, I, uh, I, I subscribe to the Robert Frost philosophy. I like to to take the road untraveled. So a lot of times I will verbally take the road untraveled, and hopefully it's worth the trip, as Robert Frost certainly felt it was. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Good old KI5 phone numbers. I'm not sure how I got on this subject. I'm trying to think. I still can't. But I will tell you what I want to talk about today, even though I spent about 18 minutes talking about phone numbers and the genesis of phone numbers. (laughs) But I guess I said, you know, regardless of where my tangents go, they're somehow connected to my main topic. And I'll always find a way back. And so, right, here we are. We're back to where I want to talk about. So, I don't know about you, but uh, whenever things, if you're a homeowner, you can never, you can never get ahead. I think the goal, if you're a homeowner, is just to stay up with, just be be there, you know, be equal. You don't want to fall behind it. And by that, I mean repairs, things that need to be done. Every year in January, beginning of the year, I make a list of potential projects that I have observed around the house that need to be done, either repairs or upgrades or just maintenance. And I do that at the beginning of the year, and I have that list somewhere handy, and I 
you know how I love lists. If you listen to me, you know I love lists. And there's nothing more exciting for me than being able to not only make the list, which is exciting, but then it even gets better because after you do one of the things on the list, oh, let me get a cigarette right now and just take a deep puff. You get to cross it out. Oh, when you cross that thing, when you cross that thing off your list. Oh. <sighs> nice. So, if you're a homeowner, you know that um, you never get ahead of the projects or the repairs or the maintenance. There's always something to do. And even when you and you never even want to say to yourself, "Oh, well everything seems to be done." Oh. That's the jinx. Don't ever say that. If you ever say, oh, well, now we're all set. We're all done. Everything's done. Everything's fine. Everything's working. You're only preparing yourself and the weird, the, the, the weird mystics around it for something else to happen. So don't ever feel content that you've, you've done all the projects all the upgrades or all the maintenance because you never have. It's a, it's a constant race and it's a marathon and you just want to stay up to date. You just want to stay equal. You're never going to get ahead and you don't want to fall behind. And so I made my list this year in January for 2022. And I'm happy to say that the earth has moved several times <laughs> because I have been able to cross off a few things. Now, some of these things couldn't couldn't take place until the weather got warmer. Some of these things were outdoor things, as many of them are. But some things are indoor. And I took care of some of those indoor things you can take care of in the winter. And now that the weather is nicer, here we are in May, now we begin to tackle some of those outdoor things. And, um, and so I'm happy to say that... Uh, I got an early start on those because I had my list. Um, and we've had funky weather here in the Chicago area. It had no spring whatsoever. We went from, you know, winter and, uh, in, you know, and then it warmed up a little in the 30s and 40s. And then last week it was in the 90s and the 80s. We went right, we bypassed spring. We did get a lot of rain for a while. So April showers, I guess. But temperature-wise, we went from the 40s and the 50s. There were very few 60s or even 70s. We went from 50s, 40s and 50s, where you're wearing jackets and hooded sweatshirts. We went to 40s one day to literally in the 80s overnight. And then it, and it stayed there. And I think it's even going to be in the 80s this week and even 90s perhaps. So I don't know what's going on. But I, but I did, so I did get some early things done when it was just getting a little warm and I could get some things done and some... Work people came out and fixed a few things. And then the rains came and the cold came and you couldn't do with some of that stuff. And now everything just shifted overnight. So now it's like, whoop, okay, now we, we sort of things were put on hold for a while. Now you have to sort of, you know, start up the engine again and get the get those those tasks and those projects back uh rolling again. And so starting to do that. But as much as you can make your list, if you're a homeowner, you know this. You make your list of the obvious or the observed 
projects that you need to do or you want to do, whether you want to renovate, upgrade, maintenance, regular maintenance, or something breaks, uh, or just you want to keep things okay, right? And you, you do that, and you maintain, and your boat is floating, and you're all fine, and then you wake up one day, and either you notice, or your wife notices, or your husband notices, oh, did you see the blank? Um, I need to show you something. Oh, when I hear that phrase, I need to show you something. I'm, I'm doing so good on my, on my prepared list. Don't add new things to my list. And the sad part is that when, when you get that, when you get that, uh, that intro, that, uh, take a look at this. I need to show you something or is this right? Or look at this. Uh, that one usually needs attention immediately which then of course slows down your progress on your initial list that you've already had now you've got not only have you got a new thing on your list which you didn't expect completely surprised but most of the time it's urgent it takes precedent and then pushes all those other little maintenance and and upgrade or renovative product projects that you want to do those go down a rung because this one oh there's you know there's water here or this is peeling or this is broken and this needs immediate attention so just when you think you're making some nice progress on your list inevitably something goes wrong you could never get ahead and that's why uh, you know I, I always tell younger people you know give you some advice you know you need to have some money sitting around that you don't spend it all because you never know. Suddenly your hot water heater breaks. Who knew? Suddenly your toilet breaks. Suddenly your washer and dryer breaks. You got to get a new this. You got to get a new that. Your your furnace, your hot water, whatever it is, you, you know, and, and those are not cheap. A lot of times when you, these appliances, especially in your house that you need, Air conditioning, it's never, none of these things are ever cheap, and you get hit with these, boom, several thousand dollars suddenly, out of the blue kind of expenses that you didn't expect. So my, my advice to you, I, I remember telling my godson this when he was buying his first house, is expect the unexpected and, um, you know, always have something sitting there because you're when you own a house, especially after say you've lived, you know, say you've rented a house for a while, it's easy to call the landlord. That's easy. When you buy a house, you're the landlord, and you got to call. You you got someone to call, but it's 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 you calling the work person to fix it. You're not calling someone else and just say, "Oh, okay, I'm done. I I, I notified my landlord. Now I can sit back and play video games." No. You've got to make you've got to find the person. You've got to make the call. You've got to make the appointment. You've got to make sure that someone's there when that person's there. You've got to maybe call two or three people to get an estimate. It ain't easy. You know, when they sell you that house, it's all ponies and rainbows. <laughs> and then they give you the key and they drive away and they wave. And that's your house. That's your responsibility. And everything that goes on there, 
is your responsibility. It ain't easy. It's the American dream. I get it, but it can be a nightmare sometimes because it, it it's it's just it's just this it's this blob that you can never get your arms around. There's always something going on, and that's where I find myself now. And this this falls right into. And, I, and I've told you this many times, if you listen to the podcast, that uh, I am not a putterer. I, I am not a, uh, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm certainly not denying it either. Uh, I call the guy. I call the man. In the words of Andy Griffith, this is my second Andy Griffith reference today. It's amazing how my life is guided by Andy Griffith. <laughs> Classic episode. Aunt B has this freezer that's on the blink. And she wants. She doesn't want to spend the money to get it fixed correctly or replace it. She has Gomer come over and she's trying to fix it herself, and it's not going to work. And Andy tells her, "Just call the man, call the man." And that's what I I learned that lesson from Andy. Call the man. I have tried in my life to be Mister Fix It. There's a few things that I can do, but I am not Mister Fix It. I think if you're a Mr. Fix-It, you either learn that from your parents, because especially your dad, perhaps, they were a Mr. Fix-It. If not, you had a natural inclination for that. You liked fixing things, and you learned about them. It's always better to have somebody to teach you those things. If it's not your parents. Maybe it was a uh, you know an uncle, or, or maybe, and I'm, and I'm not trying to stereotype here, but mostly you know things around the house. At least in my day, here we go again, you know, it was men that, that were doing those things. Now today, women are very involved in doing do-it-yourself projects around the home. And that's great. It's a, it's a partnership, right? It should be. But when I was a kid, it was the men that were, that were the, the, you gave toolkits to men for their birthdays and Father's Day. And uh, so I think you either have a male figure, at least when you're growing up that are showing you the ropes or if you're the industrious type and you just always like fixing things, you know, you can, especially in today's world, my gosh, you go on the internet, you can fix anything. You go on YouTube. There's, there's, there's YouTube to fix anything, but you also must realize that no project is this. No two projects are the same and everyone has its own little idiosyncrasy and professionals know those little idiosyncrasies and how to handle them or work around them. And what I have found is that while some things are you can some things I can fix. Don't get me wrong, but uh, when someone tells you how to do something or someone shows you on a YouTube video or something else, and they're not there with you, you open up your situation. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle this myself. You go well. What's that? And if you're not a pro, you don't know what that is, and you don't know how to fix that, which is a smaller part of the bigger fix. And I've had friends of mine trying to you know, talk me through things, and I'm like, yeah, but what about this? Oh, oh, you got one of those. Oh, that's another phrase you want to hear. Oh, you've got that. Oh, yeah, no, that's not going to be easy to fix. Yeah, I know, but you just told me to take the whole thing apart. So now I've got the whole thing apart, and now you're telling me it's not easy to fix. Well, yeah, but I didn't know that you had that. Yeah, I know. 
But I do. So now what do I do? So now I got to call the guy. So why did I waste five hours? Let me just call the guy. And I don't, because I didn't get anywhere with me fixing. So let me just call the man and get it done correctly. Because that guy or women in today's world will get it with well, their pros. They know how to do it. So I call the guy. And uh, it cost me probably a little more in the short term, but I think it cost me less in the long term because it's done right once. Don't have to worry about it anymore. And it probably helps my blood pressure as well because uh, I'm sure my blood pressure rises when I have to sign the check, but um, it doesn't rise when I'm futilely trying to fix something that I'm I'm, uh, obviously not going to be able to fix. And we'll have to call the guy anyway, so let's just... It's just cut to the chase. So one of the things that you learn if you're a homeowner and you're trying to stay ahead of all these maintenance projects and emergencies that arise on a daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly basis in your home, and they all do. I don't care. Even if you have a new house, if you have an older house, you really got to stay up on top of these things. But if you have a, even if you have a newer house, it just seems that, you know, everything is made to break. <laughs> and um, so one of the key things that you learn the longer you own a home is when you need to fix something. Now, as I said, you know, if there's a, if, you know, I, I've had, you know, we've had a pipe burst you know, in the winter. And so the water is just spraying everywhere. So that you have to get fixed pretty fast. There's no, there's no big decisions going on on that one. You know, if there's a furnace and there's carbon monoxide or something or dioxide or whichever oxide comes out of that. Once again, I, I, (laughs) that's what I'm telling you. (laughs) I know some phrases, but I don't know a lot about this stuff. I just know that there's something coming out of that furnace that that's not good with some carbon dioxide or monoxide i think it's monoxide mono and dye is two i don't know what's worse two or one anyway so some things need immediate attention for safety reasons no question then there's those other things that oh look at that that breaks and it's you know you 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 can you can maybe temporarily fix it but it's going to need to be permanently fixed but you can get away with uh, it, it, you know not working for a while until you get to it so you make this decision once again you prioritize urgent stuff needs to be done right away oh my god there's water you know busted pipe there's water coming out or there's you know this this doesn't work electricity whatever those things need to get done quickly just to be able to live your daily life and then there's other things like, oh, there's a shingle off the, the garage or there's, uh, you know, this little piece of, you know, piece of wood that's hanging or whatever. Those things, you can patch those things up and they, they take time, they take your attention, but they're not uh, urgent. And then there's these things that go on at your house that they fall right in the middle there. They're not urgent. But they're not really unimportant either, that you can get to it sometime. You can get, 
by by uh, by a quick little patchwork or a little before you do it completely and correctly and permanently. There's sometimes that you just uh, fidget things and put a little tape on it or something, and you just uh, it'll do until I get it fixed. There's those, and then there's oh my gosh, you know, there's a there's a busted pipe with water spraying everywhere. And then there's these things that happen right in the middle, and those take a little discernment on your part. They take a little time, and you, and and really, what they come down to is how long can you? Well, there's two things really. So first, you you notice that something is isn't right, and. Uh, and you say, well, is it an anomaly or is it a, a real problem? Is this, does this just happen today? Did something weird happen or is, this, is there something broken here? Is something not working permanently that needs attention? Or is it something that uh, might just go away on its own? And, and some things do happen like that. Don't forget, we're, we're dealing with machinery for the most part, with appliances and things like that, especially around the house. Whether it's plumbing, electricity, or appliances, we're all dealing with, with you know, man-made machines to some sort, man-made systems. And so sometimes something just goes wrong for this one time, and it doesn't come back again. So what you learn with time is that there are urgents, urgent things to do, and then there are other things that you can take your time on and maybe, uh, you know, do a little, little patchwork until you get it done. And there's these other things that you go, hmm. I need to, I made to do a little more observation on this, a little more time. I don't, I don't need to, 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 um, to address it immediately. And I don't, but I can't completely just put it out of my mind because there's something that I use every day or regular basis, and it doesn't seem to be working regularly. As it should. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. So let me observe this and figure out, A, does it need to be fixed at all? Is it an anomaly? Is it just something weird that happened and I just maybe need to you know, clean something off and it's fine? There's no need to call everybody. I mean, believe me, I've, I've called... <laughs> I've called the guy and... So embarrassing. The most the most embarrassing call the guy moment that I had was I said uh, you know something wrong with the air conditioner. It's not clicking on. Oh, okay. Call the guy. I'm not going to fix an air conditioner. Call the guy. I call the guy. Guy comes. What do you got here? Takes a look at all my things. We go into the basement and he says, oh, well, uh, it's not turned on. (laughs) The electricity to the unit is not turned on. And he just took this little lever and went and it worked. And that was $150 for him to do that. (laughs) So that's another reason. That's another that's another factor that goes into this. Do I need to fix this? Let me observe because 
Yeah, yeah. Once you, especially in today's world, you any house call now just to come out is one hundred and fifty to almost two hundred dollars now, just to come out. Don't even. That's before. It's either yes, it's broke. No, it isn't. So that weighs into. It's not just the. Do I need to fix it? Is it broke? Is it an emergency? Can I hold off? There's also the financial aspect. You know, do I need to call the guy to take a look at this? Because, uh, as I said, you know, especially like me, when you are at the mercy of calling the guy, you know, when you call these guys, it can get expensive. As I said, not only, I mean, these are right just to come out. And then there's the expense of fixing it. Oh, well, you need a new Johnson rod. Okay, well, so you got to buy the Johnson rod. And then you got to pay for the time that it's, it takes to put in the Johnson rod, and every job takes at least an hour. And the hourly rates are sixty-five dollars. So, it, it, in in today's world, in twenty twenty-two, I would say, any time that you have to call someone to fix something, I would expect that you should expect to spend anywhere between two hundred and three hundred dollars. And that's for something minor. That's that's an easy thing. I, I think in today's world, if you can get away with three three hundred or even four hundred dollars for something that's relatively minor, that's good because, as I said before, it, it costs money for for them to come out, and then it take it costs money for them to fix it. And even if it's not a, a major job, so that's my point: is that that's where these decisions come in. Because how many of these $400 or $300 can you keep racking up? They add up. They really do. Just look at your credit card uh, <laughs> bill every month. Those Be surprised how those two or $300 isolated purchases suddenly become uh, much bigger when they're no longer isolated, but they're all added together. So that plays into it. You know, geez, can I, you know, I don't, I, we just had this and that, and do we want to have another expense? So do we have to fix this now? And is this really broke? Will it fix itself? I found that they really never fix themselves. We all hope they will, but they don't. But sometimes, as I said, you know, oh, that's not working. You, oh, let me just tighten this screw, and that's all it needs. Or in my case, um, it's always helpful to turn on whatever appliance you think is broken and isn't working. A lot of times when you put it on, it will work. I have <laughs> I've discovered that. Amazing power of the on button. The on button on many appliances uh, is an uh, amazing savior. It, it provides great utility, that on button. It... it, it uh, it solves many problems that you think you had just by turning it on. <laughs> so you make this decision and you observe and then you there's a there's a breaking point where you say okay it's obviously it's not just going to go away. I've tried a few things and none of those are working. And so I think I need, you know, professional assistance here to um, diagnose and fix my problem. And a lot of times that will go through, uh, 
depending, once again, on what it is and how much you use it and how vital it is to your everyday routine. You know, anything with a car, we have to get that done as quick as we can. But um, you make an observation and you make a determination and then you decide. So sometimes it could be a week or so. Sometimes it could be a couple of months and you, you, you withstand this inconvenience and then you finally go, okay, it's been a couple of months. I got to fix this. It's not getting better and it's only getting more aggravating and it's still happening and it's, it's happening more often. And so, yes, got to call the guy. Yes, either have to replace something or fix something. Yes, got another three or $400 ding. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, three figures, you get away with three figures today. That's good. It's mostly four figures now. So, (laughs) so that's where I'm at right now. I'm in that gray area that I've described. I've got something going on in my, in my house here that, uh, that I'm not sure what it is but i'm i'm inching closer to being resigned to the fact that i'm probably going to have to call the guy even though i've hoped that it was something that would be easily fixed that i could even do that's how easy it had to be that even i could do it but I don't know. And I've talked to a few friends and they're like, oh, yeah, we had that. And, uh, well, what did you do? Oh, yeah, we had to get it fixed. Oh, geez, here we go. They said, I've already got my list. I already have my 2022 list made. And this was not on it. This started happening completely by accident or out of the blue. It was not on my list. And now... As I said before, that I'm, I'm now the, the weather's getting better. I've got my list, so I'm looking forward to working toward whittling at my list. And now there's something else that's going to be on the list, and it's probably going to take precedence. And now my list is going to fall, you know, another rung down the ladder. So I don't know about you, and I and and honestly, before I call the guy, you know, I know we can't immediately. Uh, communicate here, but uh, you certainly can communicate via my Facebook page. So maybe am I missing something here? Because I hate to call the guy on this one. This doesn't seem to be outwardly observing what I can observe. And admittedly, my knowledge on this is not is not extensive. But from what I can observe, I'm I'm thinking that this might be something minor. That's why I'm. I'm hemming and hawing on calling the guy, but at the same time, I don't know anything about it to fix it. I, I, I can, I've done a couple of things that I that might, and they haven't worked. So that's why I, I think I'm going down the road of calling the guy, but maybe I don't have to. So maybe there is someone out there that might be able to, you know, help me at least to say, well, you, well, at least try A, B, and C, and then if you don't get A, B, and C, then you better call the guy. But I've been, um, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm making the serious decision of whether to call the guy because it's been at least two months and it, it's, it's happening enough where it's, it's, it's a problem. 
It's not normal. That's, you know, it's not, it, it's not the way it's supposed to be. And, and it could be not dangerous, but you just like to have things working at all times. As I said, owning a home is just juggling, you know, as many balls as you can keep up and, 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 and inevitably some balls fall. So the goal is to always keep keeping those balls, you know, juggling those balls. So here's the thing. A few months ago, I'm thinking it's maybe one or two months. So it's not been that long, but that's still a relatively long enough time. Uh, look out the kitchen window and notice the garage door is open. Why is the garage door open? Oh, must not have closed it. But geez, I remember closing it. Why is it open? Now, my garage is not anywhere, anything, any place that, that I keep anything. I, my garage is is so spartan, is so decluttered. There's thing, a few rakes and a few little things you need for the outside, but I don't, I don't, my, my garage is not a storage area. There was a time when it was, and I've done some decluttering, and I've told you that about over the last 10 years, 15 years, I've done some systematic decluttering. Long before that, I, I, I believe I actually coined that phrase about 15 years ago. Now that's all you hear is declutter. But I said declutter, even on the radio, about 10, 15 years ago, because that's what I was doing. And, that's, and I said it, and maybe somebody just picked up on it. I don't know. I want credit for declutter. But my, my, uh, my garage is, is there's just bare essentials in there. The, 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 the most that there is of one thing in my garage are Elton John posters. <laughs> <laughs> the walls of my garage are decorated with Elton John posters. But uh, there's nothing of significance. There's no, oh, my, I've got my, my power tools or I've got my boat. Nothing. No, there's nothing in there. I mean, there's a car in there, but that's it. You know, there's rakes, you know, ladders. You need that type of stuff, uh, you know. But so I'm not overly concerned. But it's still, I mean, you know, the car, you know, the garage door opens and someone can get access to your car, right? So you don't want your garage door just indiscriminately opening at any time, especially overnight, right? But so I noticed one day that the the garage door is open. And so I closed it. I figured, okay, I must have forgotten that I, you know, I came in whenever I didn't close the garage door. And then, you know, a couple days later, I look out the kitchen window. My wife looks out the bedroom window upstairs. and goes, you know, the garage door is open. I'm like, well, I haven't, I haven't been near the, the garage door opener here in the house. Why is this opening? And more and more, it's not consistent. It's at different times. It's mostly during the day, it seems. But the garage door is opening on its own. And I have caught it a couple times. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I'm like, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not even near anything. I didn't touch anything. So, of course, you know, in today's world, we go online, and why is my garage door opening by itself? And there are many possible reasons. Now, it is interesting. I don't know why. I've had the same garage door opener for many years. But one of the possible 
So I thought, well, maybe there's something for me, Mr. Handy, (laughs) Mr. Fix it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 all I know about the garage door, the electric garage door opener, my limited knowledge is the sensors, you know, those, the, the sensors on each side of the garage door, they need to be lined up. If one of them is, is not aiming at each other, then it won't go up. So uh, sometimes when the garage door won't open or close, I notice that one of the sensors there down at the bottom near the ground has been hit or moved and it's not in line. And so the beam, apparently that's how it works. Once again, I'm assuming, you know, that beam is there and that when that gets broken, it doesn't open. That beam needs to be on. So I have fixed that. I have evened out those sensors and then the garage door opens. I have cleaned them off. Sometimes they get dirty. You know, it's something that's, that's not something that you always think about. And then all of a sudden you hit the button and it's not opening. Why isn't it opening? And you go, okay, let me just clean the little, the little lens on that sensor and boom, it goes up and everything's fine. And the world is at peace again. Well, those things haven't been working. Those are my go-tos. That's the extent to it, of my knowledge on how the garage door can open, opens, or at least how, you know what little troubleshooting tip, if you will. So I've, I've gone online and I've looked at uh, where the uh, you know at the uh, at the manual, and uh, there are several reasons for it. One, interestingly, is that maybe someone in my neighborhood somehow has the same frequency that I have, which I find interesting because I've had this for a while. So maybe. Someone else got a new garage door opener. I don't know. But, you know, because it seems to be happening during the day. Indiscriminately. And it might be when, you know, and sometimes it's the morning and sometimes it's the afternoon when people are coming and going from work or coming and go, especially in today's world now. A lot of people working from home. So schedules have changed. So people are in and out of their cars, in and out of their garages and their cars much more because they're around the home more. They're not away at work. And then come home. So people are much more active around their home. Um, so this doesn't happen every day, which is other, which is, is also interesting. But I don't know. Is this is you know is it is it a certain point where the if I do have the same frequency as a, as a nearby neighbor, or somebody realize that they've got the same frequency and just playing games with me? Are they are they enjoying themselves? Oh, I'm just I think I'll just open his garage door. Or am I opening some, this is the other part of it. Okay, so my garage door is opening. What if I have the same frequency as someone else? And I'm saying, oh, my garage door just opened because maybe somewhere in the neighborhood, somebody used their garage door opener and opened my garage door too. But then I'm wondering, well, is my garage door opening affecting someone else too then? Is that same person that's affecting mine? Am I affecting theirs? Because I'm using my car with frequency as well. So are, is their garage door going up to it? If we're on the same frequency, I would assume it, if it opens my garage, if, they, if when they hit theirs, their little sensor thing opens up my garage, I would assume that if we're on the same frequency, then when I'm opening up my garage, theirs is opening. So is someone else having the same problem and neither of us are addressing it <laughs> because you know someone if, if that's if that's the case then someone else 
is also not getting it fixed. Because if they if they got someone, if they called the guy and they oh we have to change the frequency and they change the frequency on their on their remote, then it wouldn't open my door anymore. So while I'm feeling like you know I should be addressing this, if that's the case, then someone else is procrastinating as well. They're waiting to see what's going on too. But I don't even know if that's the, if that's the problem. Maybe there's nothing to do with the same frequency. But I find that interesting. Is if we, if if this is a a same frequency problem that is opening my door, then I would assume that I'm opening someone else's door when I go out. And they're going, oh, my garage door is open. Who's, who's, you know. <laughs> but I did talk to a friend of mine who said he had the same thing. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, yeah, we had to get a whole new garage door, you know, system. And I'm like, oh. And I, don't, I can't believe that, that ours would be Broke already because it's relatively new. But you know, once again, you know, things don't last as long as they used to. We used to used to think you'd get ten years or fifteen years out of everything, and that's just not the case anymore. That, they're just not built for that anymore. So maybe it is just that I need to get, you know, a new garage door opener. The whole thing. I, it seems I have to go back and look because I once again I have another list of things when I bought everything. And I've got the manual, so I'll have to take a look to see when I actually purchased that. It didn't seem that long ago that it, should, that it should already be a problem, but who knows? Or maybe there's something else. Maybe it's just a little screw somewhere that needs to be done or there's some dust. I don't know. These these garage door openers do seem to be a little sensitive. As I said, all it takes is a little dust or a little notch, nudge of the, of the sensor and it won't open. So who knows? So I've been patiently handling or dealing with this uh with this garage door thing and it's really a pain in the butt because uh you look out there like, why is a garage door open you just you know it's it's a safety thing no question and it's you know you just don't want your you know i mean as i said it's not like i have anything of great value aside from the car in there but you just you know it, the door should be closed it's privacy you know you could see our garage from the street so, you know, oh, there's some, you know, someone walking by, oh, someone's garage is open. Well, maybe I'll just uh, take a look in there, you know. So, obviously, this is not something, I mean, thankfully, you know, working at home, you're around. If you see it enough, you just close it, and it's not open for that long. But it's not something that you want. It's something that needs to be taken care of. So, I'm pretty close now to calling the guy. I'm waiting, I'm, but you know, <laughs> because I'm, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm just expecting that this is not going to be an easy fix. Guy's going to come out here. It's going to cost X amount of dollars for him to come out, and he's going to say, "Oh, well, you neither need this or you need that," and he'll probably be able to tell me by tell by me that I don't know what I'm talking about. So even if it's a very simple fix, you know, some sadly some people are unscrupulous and he might say, yeah, you need a whole new system. And there's, you know, five or six hundred dollars and who knows, it might not be anything and I get taken. I don't know. So I'm I'm leery of that. And I'm not I'm not casting aspersions, but let's let's face it. There's people out there that do that. They take advantage of people that uh, that don't know what's going on. And if you find somebody that doesn't, oh, you cling to that person. Certainly you do. So here I am with a garage door that seems to have a will of its own. 
So I'm making a call out. If there's anybody out there that knows anything about electric garage doors and why they open at will, and this garage door is taunting me. There's no question about that. This garage door is taunting me. It, it, it will go on for a day or two, and it won't open, and it'll be fine. And I say, okay, well, it's done. And then all of a sudden, I I'll look up, oh, garage door is open. So that's why it's taken me that long, too, because there's, there, there's little stretches where it doesn't open on its own. And so I figure, oh, maybe the wind blew something, and now the wind blew it back. And then I'm reminded that the wind didn't blow it because the garage door is opening on its own again. Not as much, but I, what's, what's too much, right? So um, if you know anything about electric garage door openers, please feel free to go on my Facebook page and, and let me know some possible troubleshooting things that I haven't thought of or I don't know about that I might try before I have to call the guy. But I am assuming that my irritating and um, I guess what's the overzealous garage door opener, <laughs> determined garage door opener, is uh needs professional assistance i'm praying it doesn't but i think it does and it's just one of those things on the big list and the good thing is as much as i you know it's it's tough you call the guy and they fix it and you know there's that moment there where you know they give you the bad news and how much it's going to cost and you go through all that but then I what I have to do now is I have to get past that and think of the uh, getting on the other side of it because on the other side it's fixed it's not opening indiscriminately and don't forget if it's fixed it gets to be scratched off on the list so think of that Jim yes it's a pain in the butt to find a garage guy and have him come out and take a look and potentially replace the system and write a big check but you have to do it and that's the downside but think of the good side not only will it be fixed but you get to cross it off your list oh and so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Don't forget every Monday a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody who listens to a podcast that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. It should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 312. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. From the end of the web to your screen. Up oh, there goes my garage. <laughs>